devastation throughout the town of Waverly, Tennessee. Residents there say flash flooding happened so quickly they didn't have a chance to evacuate. Waverly has seen some of the worst damage we've seen today. Rescue crews have had a hard time even getting into the area. The water was merciless and it left a lot of people trapped on their roofs for hours. We've had over 550 homes, almost 600 homes that has more than 50% damage. That means that they'll have to come down and be rebuilt. So that's not, those figures don't even include businesses. Those figures don't include the some 200 homes that have damage that's out in the county. God is good, thank you. Let's pray together. Lord God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the excitement of it. I thank you for the joy of it. I thank you for seeing your hand at work through people. Because, Lord, we know that's how you change this world, is through people. And sometimes you supernaturally give us strength and gifts and insight, special talents, so that your work can get done. And I want to thank you for those that used their gifts and talents and strength to make these homes possible this day. I thank you for our suppliers, our vendors, our pros, our volunteers. I thank you for all those who did casework, those who are raising money, the long-term recovery group. I thank you for all of our supporters and funders. And I thank you, Lord, for our staff that are so dedicated to this cause and do it not because it's a job, but because it's a calling upon their lives. Now, Lord, I thank you for these families. I thank you for the privilege that you've given us to be able to serve with them so that they now have a home. Lord, I pray that you bless each of these families and bless their homes. May they be a place of peace, security, love, a place where grace is found, a place where faith can grow. Lord, just bless each homeowner, bless each home. May your hand be upon it and may your Holy Spirit guide all that happens within the walls of these places called home. We dedicate them to you, use them for your glory. I pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Hi, I'm Walter Crouch. I'm president of Appalachia Service Project, and I'm here with Sparky. So Ashley has earned a, a nickname here in Waverly area for her bright, energetic spirit. Ashley, you want to say anything? I am just honored to work with ASP and all of Clearview Baptist. It has been an honor and a privilege, and um, I look forward to many more weeks and months with you guys. That's great. And Clearview folks, thank you so much. Thank you for supporting your mission team. Thank you for the great work that you came out and did in Waverly. Uh, today we dedicated eight homes, and to see the smiles on families' faces, to know that they're going to nurture their own families in love and faith in these homes, I mean, you've done an incredible thing. So thank you for being the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. Good morning, church family. In God good. As the video said, August of 2021, a flood came to Waverly. Uh, 17 inches of rain came down in just a matter of hours. A levee that um, once uh, was there was no longer. And as it said, over 500 homes were destroyed. 
uh, we've sent close to 100, or uh, well over 100 of you have gone and worked in Waverly. That day, August 20th, when we went over for the, the home dedication, uh, one of those homes are the ones that you sponsored through your impact offering funds. We were able to also meet the family, and you saw the mother and the youngest of the five children that uh, will live in the house. They are currently in the house. Through your additional gifts of over $9,000, we were able to make sure she had appliances, and all five of those kids have beds to sleep in. Thank you, Clearview. Thank you for being the hands and feet of Jesus in a place that so desperately needs it. When we were there earlier in the year, uh, Jason and Jerry and Trey and I went, or uh, Will Gamble and I went over, they shared with us that 40% of their children are not returning to school there because they don't have a school to go to or they've had to move out. If the children had been in class the day of the flood, the children wouldn't be here. It knocked out several of their their buildings, but we have uh, we've been a part of healing in clear in Waverly, and so that's exciting. That day they dedicated eight homes. They had dedicated 14 to date then, and they broke ground on their 25th home since June. They built and broke ground on 25 homes. The goal is to do a total of 40, and so. We are super excited about what God is doing. This family gets to celebrate their first Thanksgiving in a home. And so I just want to say thank you for, uh, for all you've done to serve in Waverly. We're continuing to go. They're going to continue to work on those additional homes. And so we still have teams going probably through March. So if you haven't got to go to Waverly, there'll be other opportunities to get to go and to serve. But um, that's actually the house that Clearview sponsored. Um, there, it's a four-bedroom, two-bath house, uh, 1,150 square feet, with five kids and uh, a mom in it. So that's tight space in there, but uh, they have a they have a safe place to sleep and to be. So thank you. Well, we signed up for a uh, disaster relief class that was offered here through the Tennessee Baptist, um, Southern Tennessee Baptist. And after the class got over, Jerry Thomas kind of briefed everybody from Clearview about what's going on at Waverly and how we could be of help. And Vicki and I felt that that would be a, a great opportunity to serve. And so Jerry's done a tremendous job kind of organizing it and, and putting it all together. So we made our first trek out there, and uh, it was uh, truly fulfilling. I think um, Waverly was a good fit for us with our skills and um, our time. And it was uh, you know, building homes for the people that had lost homes in the flood. Yep, and what's interesting, you know, we live in, unfortunately, we live in a news cycle. And you know the, the Waverly accident tragedy happened back in August of 21. And when you go out there, you can still see the scars that are there, but you can also see a lot of stuff that's been rebuilt, which is pretty refreshing and, and great to see. And the people are so thankful. Uh, and everybody there has a story to tell, and it's great to listen to them. And then there's, there's a place where they serve meals. They've served lunch and dinner every night or every day since August of 2021 for volunteers and for people of Waverly. So it's, it's really been uh, a great experience for us. 
I think, you know, people, some people might be afraid of, gee, I really don't have kind of the skill set to, to be in a rebuild. But again, there's, there's everything from just kind of raking up and kind of picking up. Um, it's extremely well organized. They have all the tools. They have all the safety items. They give you a briefing. You, know, you get a list of things that you're going to be doing. So really, from a zero to a 10 skill set, there's an opportunity to help out. And, and again, the Appalachia services have really do a great job of keeping it organized. And the nice thing, which we've seen, was that I think the original build was going to be 25 homes. And with all the donations and through people like Lowe's and Home Depot and others, they're greatly going to expand on that. And, and they said the most fulfilling moment is obviously when you hand over the keys to someone who had their home destroyed in a disaster that you know probably will live with them for a lifetime. But uh, that's it's it's really fulfilling. And again, I would urge anybody you don't really have to have any type of skill set in the construction business. You just have to have a, an open mind, an open heart, and you'll have a great day. And for me, working with members of Clearview, um, our church family, working with them side by side um, has also been a, a blessing for me. Getting to know people, getting to know their names, um, it's, a, it's a great feeling to be together as a church family. Um, serving another community outside of our community. You know, uh, Fred said twice there, you don't have to have a skill set. Let me tell you, and that's true, man. You know, that house, uh, I can promise you the caulk job on that house is not up to code. Um, but... Uh, you know, it's just part of it, right? I did, I did some of the caulk. It's not pretty, but it's sufficient. Um, and so, you know, you, can, you don't have to have great skills, man. I just, just go. And, you know, let me tell you something. I am so proud of you guys. And, and I'll tell you why I'm so proud of you. I think we had over 100 people go to that project. I mean, how cool is that? And, and it, I'm just so proud of you guys. You know, I'm thinking, I've been thinking all week of something Mother Teresa once said. She said, preach the gospel, and when necessary, use words. <laughs> and, and I think it's so true that we can talk all day long, but you know how the world will know? They'll know by what we do. That's how they'll know. They'll know by what we do. You can talk about theology all day. You can talk about grace all day. You can talk about doctrines all day. You know what matters to me personally? I want to see what we do. Because what you do tells me what you really believe. And you guys did it. And I'm just so happy uh, for us. So you guys come on up here. I got more. We're not done. This is kind of a different day. Um, this is, uh, enjoy it. This is the last Sunday where you get, the, I don't preach. This is, it's, it's, it's starting back again. You guys have a seat there. Let me get my Bible out of the way. The, um, so these are two really, really special guests of ours. And um, I want you to guys, now they don't know who y'all are and if, uh, they should be on, I think. Yeah. So tell them, tell them who you guys are and what you do. So my name is Shannon Washam. I'm the director of the Center at Western Heights. We got a new name this year, the Western Heights Baptist Center. And uh, this is Pastor Richard, who has worked with me the whole way since I've been there 18 years. He started right after me. So we just, we're just thankful that God lets us be a part of it. I call them Batman and Robin. Uh, you know, next year you got to come wearing a costume, though. You got to, yeah. You don't want to see me in a Batman <laughs> costume. I don't think they make them in 3X. <laughs> well, you know, now, uh, let our, some of our folks might know, but a lot 
don't, and we got a lot of folks traveling, and uh, so that maybe they'll watch it on, on this. But tell them, like, where is this located? We're, we're in the inner city of Knoxville in one of the largest housing projects, uh, a government housing project, and we have a, a special, it's called the Western Heights Baptist Center that's right at the boundaries of all those 440 apartments. And there's an enormous number of people that come and go, probably uh, uh, 25 to 50% turnover every six months. So we get, to see, we get to see thousands and thousands of people and I've counted 17 different languages being spoken there. Really? Swahili, they come from Russia, they come from all over the world. We see them, we minister to them briefly, and then they move on out and a whole new wave comes in. I mean, you're in the shadow of Neyland Stadium. I mean, you're we, right there. Yes, we yeah. are. Yeah, okay. I mean, it's, 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 in fact, I remember one of our uh, interns went last year that we have in the summer, and he, and he goes to UTK, and he said, um, I had no idea. He, I, think, I, think his, I think his words were, Jordan said, there's a different world seconds away from where I go to class every day. Yes. I mean, it blew his mind, you know, how, how, how different it was. I went to UT Knoxville, and I had no idea Western Heights was anywhere uh, in the vicinity, just a few miles away. It's a different world. So it's mainly government housing is, is what I, what, that's where you, God has called you guys to, to, to your mission field right there. Yes. In the, in the 20s and 30s when Western Heights was developed and, and other low-income housing communities, it seemed as though maybe they were trying to, to hide it. Okay. You know, so, it, you know, the streets that, that people normally go through Knoxville, it doesn't go near this. Okay. I mean, there you could you could see it if there wasn't trees and buildings, but it, it's hiding right there in the midst of the city. Wow. Tell me, so uh, help our people understand. You know, you're right there in, in, in the the center of Knoxville, and, and it's it's obviously low income that has a lot of unique needs and a lot of unique challenges. When when you think about uh, ministry in that location, is different. Ministry always has a context. Every town has a context. Every environment has a context. So when, when you look at how do you minister to these people, like walk us through like a normal week, or a, I know there's no such thing as a normal week, but like what's, a, what's, a, what's the scope of work look like? Well, essentially on Monday mornings, we have sort of a staff meeting, Bible study, prayer time, where we prepare for the coming week. Shannon leads us in a wonderful Bible study uh, each Monday. And then on Tuesday mornings, there's a market set up that will serve somewhere between 100 and 300 people. They'll come through for groceries. And as they come down the hallway, they enter into a prayer room, and I'll pray with them and share the gospel and counsel whatever the needs may be. I just get to listen and pray and, and minister to folks. And then they move on out of my room after seven or eight minutes and they go through the, uh, the grocery line where we have so many people from different churches that come and serve in the grocery line. They assist the, the folks coming with their groceries. So they collect their groceries. They have a time talking, interacting with all of our volunteers. And then they carry everything out to the car. Yeah. And now y'all call that market day. We call it market day. Market yes. Day. And downstairs is a big clothing ministry. So groceries upstairs, clothing downstairs. And prayer somewhere in the middle. Prayer at the beginning, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Another element that we, we know God is moving in a major capacity 
years ago, about, about 45 years ago, we started working with kids. And um, when I started 18 years ago, we had different age group kids would come in in different days. And the Lord began to reveal to us that we need those kids, you know, in the building. And so they come after school anywhere, sometimes 80, sometimes 100 kids will come to the building after school. And we serve um, all age groups. We work with those kids all the way through college. And we're seeing these kids grow up in the Lord. I was actually at a WMU meeting, which I say I it was. It stands for Women's Lord. Missionary yeah, that's Union. that's an old. Okay. That needs to be that translated. Can that, can, that doesn't. Yeah. yeah, I hadn't heard that term in forever. Yeah. That's, well, that's yeah. how old I am. So. <laughs> I've attended more WMU meetings than most women. But um, that's funny. I was sitting there in a meeting. It was actually in Nashville. And uh, the Lord told me, he said, raise up the kids. Mm -hmm. And so I realized then, like, we got we to gotta spend time with these kids. Because wow. you can change. That's where you can affect the trajectory. Yeah. We've yeah. got kids that actually are living in proximity to this church who have grown up in the community, who have gone to MTSU, who are working in Nashville, wow. who are, we've got one kid who, Runs an Amazon fulfillment center in Memphis. Yeah. So, I mean, it came out of this. Yeah, it came out of the community wow. there in Knoxville. So, mm -hmm. uh, we've, got, we've got six or eight kids that live within 20 or 30 minutes of here. Wow. That, that's so that's awesome. developed, you know, careers. Man, that is, that's the best. I, I know, um, I know it's, it's a lot of work. Um, and we, we've sent, uh, we, we've sent teams to you guys. T tell me, like when you guys think of a partnership, um, that is something that our missions committee and, and led with Kim Margrave has set up a lot of new relationships and, and that relationship with you guys, how, how does that look? What can we do to make it better? What can we do to help you guys further the push with what you're doing? You know, we, uh, We've been fortunate that God has clearly given us a vision. Um, and I think even this morning, you know, the Lord has brought us together to reveal his vision. You know, so I'm so happy. In fact, this has never happened. This is the first time that we've been able to do a Sunday morning service to talk about this kind of, this kind of mission. So oh, wow. it's exciting for us to get to do this because God has revealed a vision that is way beyond our small little staff. We've got five, five on staff um, and then hundreds of volunteers, but the work is so big and, it, and it's so wonderful that we, we need people that we know when God tells us, hey, you're gonna do this. You know, whatever that is, we know that, you know, it's, it's the kingdom, it's the work of God. And, you know, we don't own it, um, we're, we're part of it. But we're no more or no less a part of it than anybody that God brings our way. And the churches that are coming, you know, we can depend on Clearview as, as a partner. We know that when, when God tells us, hey, take care of all these kids, you know, do this, do this event, whatever it is, you know, we know that we're not, we're not doing that alone. We've got the faithful support of um, the body of Christ. Yeah. It's here. I was thinking as, as you asked that, what can you give or what can you do? Become a friend. Just offer your friendship to folks that live in the inner city. 
And I see this here. We're a family, aren't we? Yeah, in Christ Jesus, we're a family. So some of, our, some of our family members are struggling over there, and we can just offer them our friendship and just come alongside. I was speaking with Nancy this morning in the prayer time, and uh, we talked about ministering to ladies in their inner city, and it, it seemed a good thing to do is just become friends. You have, you have so much wisdom, uh, so many life experiences you yeah, can share right. with those who uh, need some guidance in parenting or in uh, uh, relationships, just anything. As you, as you just become a friend to somebody, you learn the needs. That's and then you'll, you'll find God will pair you up with people that will <laughs> you can minister to. I'm so thankful for Kim coming down here. She yeah. connects us. And, and yes, she does. It's, it's just an amazing thing. The little connections are not little. Those are amazing. Those are divine appointments. Yeah. Well, I'll pass on to you guys. Kim was labeled the ninja. Um, by one of our uh, international partners. They, they affectionately called her the ninja. And we said, what do you mean by the ninja? They said, well, you, you look up and there's things that existing that weren't there before. Yes. And she, it's like you go to bed one day and you wake up and there's a whole bunch of stuff. And, and Kim Margrave does that. And so uh, I got to give just, you a quick Kim story. Oh, please do. Yes. So yesterday. And, and don't spare details because I'll use it against her. Yesterday, Kim said, we will meet at this wonderful little restaurant on 4th Avenue. This was about what, six o'clock? Yeah. So I take off to 4th Avenue. Go ahead and check your text messages. 4th <laughs> Avenue, I head off to 4th Avenue, wind up in downtown Nashville. Oh yes. On a Friday night. <laughs> and I encountered You thought some, Margrave was going clubbing. Oh shit, yeah, yeah was, I was like, man, we're, all, we're gonna do some ministry down here. There were thousands of young people most of them had something to drink in their hand. And I encountered for the first time something that we don't have in Knoxville. Moonshine? No, we got moonshine. We got plenty of that. There, there is a contraption where somebody sits on the front pedaling. <laughs> and then a bunch of people sit on the sides pedaling. And they've all got something to drink. Yeah, they pay for it. Oh, yeah, $30. I yeah. checked the website. <laughs> and... There's a warning. Do not bring your animal. <laughs> they won't enjoy it. They won't enjoy they, it. It's what they claim. So I said, man, Kim has Kim taken is, us to the mission this field. This is like mission work. Yeah. She met 4th Avenue in Franklin. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it took us a while to get here. That is so it, awesome. It, we took a detour Where are you, through Kim? Sin I'm City not, there. That's know? so great. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. That's so awesome. Um, well, you know, what, what he was saying about being a friend, let me, let me tell you why that matters. It, it sounds really simple, and I know it does. Um, you know, I've been really, really blessed to get to work with orphans a lot in my life. And I think, I think sometimes, I, I learned a lot in those years. And one of the things I learned the most was... Um, we tend to Americanize uh, or we Franklinize our look at missions. In other words, it's got to be complicated. It's got to have an agenda. I've watched so many American mission teams go into places and we have all of this itinerary we want to get accomplished because we're performance-driven people. We're a capitalistic society. We are performance-driven. But when you would talk to those orphans, if you ask them, what do you want most? You know what they said? Talk to us. Yes. I, I know it sounds like, what do you mean? You know, like, 
it's, we're not speaking in Mandarin. Like, it, talk to us. The, the, those orphans wanted to know, here's what, and here's what I learned by that when you said be a friend. Mm-hmm. You see, for us, we, when we have dreams and visions about what we, if you, if you ask an American kid, hey, uh, or if you ask a kid that comes from high wealth areas like this area, mm-hmm. what do you want to do? They'll tell you things like, I want to be a teacher, or I want to be a law enforcement officer, or I want to be a dentist, or I want to be a this, or I want to be a that, or I want to be a basketball player, or whatever. When you ask somebody in those environments, yeah. if you, they'll say things like, well, I, I want to see my grandmother. Yes. Or I'll, if you would ask them questions, it was very finite. It was very small because they don't have prospects. They, it, they're trying to survive, literally. They're literally trying to survive. And so being a friend sounds super easy, but it actually is way more needed than you realize. And I think sometimes when you go on a mission trip, what it says to people is somebody knows I'm alive. That's it. Yes. Somebody cares. Somebody, somebody cares. cares. Yeah. Yeah. One, one of the greatest parts uh, of my position there is he, he lets me just do whatever I want to. And if I were going to explain my job description, it's drink coffee, talk to people, listen to people, and uh, don't try to solve all their problems for them. Just become a a friend, and and let's take them to the Lord in prayer, maybe, but and counsel to find the scriptures. But all of that opens up a whole new world of uh, ministry when you just sit down and listen and uh, just become a friend. The power of your influence. Well, so speaking of that, I want, uh, we, we asked one of our students to come up here. Uh, Jacob, come on up here. Grab that mic right there. Uh, this is Jacob Sellers. Everybody give Jacob a big hand. Come, come, come stand, stand right here, buddy. Um, so Jacob is part of uh, our student ministry, and he is a good friend of my son, Cole. And, and so he got to, you got to go. You went this summer, is that right? Uh, yes. Yeah, you went there. And, and what month was that? I think it was beginning of June. Beginning of June. Was that your first mission trip? It was, yes. No kidding. Wow. wow. That was, that, how cool was that? Okay, so I, he, uh, he said, I need a list of questions before I come <laughs> up there. And so I said, okay. And I promised, and I'm going to stick with the script that I texted you, okay? I promised. I mean, how cool is it, man? He, you know, it's, this, is, this is tough. So let me ask you, here's the question I ask you. What motivated you? Tell them all, like, what motivated you to actually, you could have been doing anything. The summer is a, is a great time to be alive when you're a teenager because you've got all kinds of cool stuff to do, but you chose to go to Knoxville and do that. Like, what motivates you? I guess for me, the biggest motivation came from, like, the influence of my sister. Um, before her senior year of high school, she went on a mission trip with the youth group to New Orleans, and she came back home, and she had, like, the time of her life. My parents said if there was an opportunity for me to go on a mission trip before my senior year, that I could do it. So I was really hoping that one would pop up. And sure enough, the opportunity to Knoxville came. And so I jumped on it immediately. And it was like not only that, but my dad has spent a large portion of his life living in Knoxville. So if I could try and like influence a community my dad grew up in and kind of lived in for like his college years, that would be super cool to me. I don't know what I would have said when I was 17, but I don't think it had been that deep. Um, wow, that is really cool. I'm trying not to cry. That's awesome. I thought it was going to be fun, and I'm crying. So, oh well. So, defining moments. Like um, I said, what, you know, every mission trip that I go on, 
I try to go on mission trips with no expectations. I, I, I try not to think about what's the country going to be like or whatever because it always changes and it's never what you thought it was going to be or whatever. I try to just like surf a wave, you know, and just roll with it. Uh, but every time on a mission, not every time, I would say most of the time, um, something happens or sometimes it's something that I see or something that I learned, like with the orphans, I learned that friendship was bigger than I realized it was. Um, sometimes God shows me something like a month later, you know, after the trip is over. But there tends to be a little bit of a, of a turning of a corner for me. Did you have anything like that? Oh, I had a really big moment. So it's one of the market days that um, Richard was talking about. And me and my buddy, Reed McKnight, we were kind of in the devotion room. And I was wanting to try to spread a message that might not have heard as like often. And so I kind of read out Revelation 21.3, which talked about kind of like God dwelling with us. And so after kind of leading a couple of devotions, we got called to come move in supplies. And we ended up not doing that because one of the ladies from one of the devotions I read stopped me. And she just started hammering me with questions. And you know, people have always told me like, God will speak through you in moments where you don't think he will. And so I had no idea what to say, but like I felt him in that moment kind of give me the words to speak. And I could tell at that moment from answering her questions and listening to her explain how God was working in her life that I had affected her. And like the joy on her face was like surreal. And like I knew it wasn't just gonna stop there. She was gonna like go home to wherever she was going and she was gonna tell everyone what I had told her. Yeah. So I was just kind of in awe that like God has used me for like a domino effect. I like yeah. not plan for it at all. Yeah. Super cool. That's super cool. It's <laughs> super cool. Super yeah. cool. Hashtag. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, so that's it, Jacob. You, there's, we're, we're, that's just too. I got it. I got to stop. I'm. I'm gonna be a mess. So listen. <laughs> Man, you know, you know, one thing I love about Clearview is it's I, hardly a Sunday goes by that I don't, I don't think of, seriously, probably at least two out of four Sundays, I think about our intergenerational approach. Today, I was sitting up here watching, you got a teenager playing the Hammond, you got a PhD professor banging on the drums, you know, you got an Oklahoma guy playing a guitar who's in his 20s, you know, you got a choir full of all kinds of age ranges up there singing. Um, it, it's, it, and it's just, it's really, and you got different generations going on mission trips. You saw Waverly and, and, and we had students go on that. And it, it's just, I think it's really one of the strengths of our church it's, it's for me and Michelle, knowing that our boys get to grow up alongside old saints and young saints and middle, middle-aged saints. Of, it, it's just, a, I think it's the way the church should be. And, and, and I really love that. And so, um, this is a great day for, for missions and, and and uh, hey, let's tell all three of these people we love them. Come on up here, Kim. Um, let me give this to you. Um, Kim's going to talk about a, 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 an offering in just a second, but I want to I want to give you a heads up on something. This is, uh, or I'll forget to do it, but you're going to see an email come out tomorrow, and we're going to do it for three weeks, okay? And this, so you don't have to do anything, but I want you to help us on something. Um, I think it was uh, Fred that mentioned in the Waverly video, we live in a news cycle world. And so you hear about these things, and then but the domino effects last a long time. Well, the church came through a pandemic. 
And, and we've kind of tried to move on from it, but I'm telling you the domino effects of that are, are still way, we're not out of that yet. Uh, not Maybe if the pandemic may never show its head again, but the effects that it's caused on the church. And every, every church is having to recalibrate how we do ministry. And, and so one of the things we want to know from you, we're going to send out a survey in this email. So you're going to see that tomorrow. It takes anywhere from three to seven minutes. Yeah, probably t It's taken me about five minutes to do it. It's not hard. It's all multiple choice. But you're going to see questions like, if I could go on a mission trip next year, um, this is how much in a range I think I could spend. Or if, if I go on a mission trip, um, I, I, I have a real interest in international or I have a real interest in local. There, there are topics in Franklin that we're, we're trying to get a heart, find out where your heartbeat is so that it tells us best where to help lead you in our projects that we give, right, and, and, and offer up. So it's really important that um, we, we're wanting our, our Clearview people to tell us like what's on your heart we want to hear that so you're going to see that come out tomorrow and it'll it'll run for about three weeks okay um, so Kim's going to tell you about the the money side of the offering because this month we do offerings a little bit different before I get into that um, I want to say thank you um, to the classes and the folks in the church that have provided Christmas for 50 of the kids at Western Heights. Oh, um, yeah. So don't now pay attention. I know you might be getting sleepy or hungry. Like, this is really cool. <laughs> like, this is when I heard about this, I was like, whoa, we got to talk about this even more. So, hear what she's saying. So, at the women's dinner last uh, a few weeks ago, uh, you all were challenged to take a child uh, from Western Heights. We had their Christmas list and to provide Christmas for um, 50 of the about 200 kids that you all serve that y'all serve on a regular basis. So the Christmas gifts are returned today in the big black bags that are in the hallway. So as you pass uh, through the hallway and you see those bags, that's you all providing blessings and Christmas for about 50 of the kids uh, in Knoxville. And I've been so impressed. We've got car seats out there. We've got bicycles out there. We've got a bed out there. We've got all kinds of stuff. So it's, it's really exciting and so, uh, so there's 50 kids that Clearview has provided Christmas for uh, in Knoxville. So that's exciting. So thank Man, you. Great. You know, hey, I want to I tell you guys something. Um, tell us about the offering. Then, I got, then we'll, I'll close it. Go ahead. Uh, in your seat or a seat next to you, you'll find the, the missions booklet. Uh, that breaks down. Uh, there's, there's a, first of all, there's a list in there of all of our local, national, and international partners. And so Western Heights is included in that. Uh, and in the back, uh, there's a breakdown on where the Great Commission offering goes. This is above and beyond your regular gifts to the church. And so um, we're seeing, of, of whatever you give in November and through December, in January, we'll break it down in these percentages where 5% goes to the International Mission Board to support our international missionaries they are serving in places like Moldova that Jason's talked about, in places in Brazil and China and parts of Africa. Uh, in North, uh, North American Mission Board, those goes to, that money goes to support our efforts here in the United States and in Canada. It multiplies what Clearview can do across the country and in Canada through church planting, through compassion ministries similar to what they're doing through disaster relief and those type of ministries. Uh, through the Tennessee Baptist Children's Home, which is just down the street, where they provide uh, safe places for kids that are in hard places. Yeah. Yeah. And so. 
that's just down the street. And so then the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board also gets 5% of that offering, and that money goes to church planting here in Tennessee. It goes to Compassion Ministries here in Tennessee, and it goes to campus ministry work here in Tennessee. Uh, if asked today, 80% of our population would say, 80% of our population in Tennessee, rather, is unchurched. 80%. And if asked today, our neighbors, 11% of them would say yes to the invitation to church, if we will ask. And so church planting is a big part of, of what we do with that. And then the other 80% is for our impact fund that's here at Clearview that supports folks like Mike and Missy that we saw earlier, that support folks like Kyle Weldy that's serving in South Africa, um, our ministry partners in New York in Graffiti 1 and Graffiti 2. So we have a whole list of, of ministry partners that we specifically fund, but it also provides scholarships for you to go on a mission trip. And it also provides scholarships for those going to seminary that want to study in missions and then special projects such as Waverly. You know, you often don't think about sharing something with somebody like a tweet or an email or sending them a sermon or sending them a podcast. You don't often think of that as missions, but it is. It's not that you have to send it to the whole world or post every single thing we do at Clearview on your feed. But if, if you've heard a sermon or if you've listened to a podcast, think through your life. I mean, God, who needs to hear this? Sometimes it, it, it doesn't need to go on your Facebook page. Sometimes it needs to go on your Twitter. But sometimes just a simple text to one person can make all the difference in the world to sending them the Word of God in real time. Share it. You'd be surprised how far it goes.